25 already? 25th episode. Yeah. We've been 25 of these. 25. I know how to count all the way to 55. <laughs> 55. Man, that's throwing it. That's and throwing it back would... to the, what was it? Uh, what was that flash site? I don't site? even remember now. I want to say Newgrounds. Is that a Newgrounds? Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what it was. And I will tell you how to do it. <laughs> 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 Man, that's going back in time. It is. I'm sorry. It's going way back in time. Gotta get back in time. And then we get copyright stricken. For that? Yeah. That little blurb right there is enough to demonetize. <laughs> we get copyright stricken for that? Ugh. I believe it was Jonas Salk who once said, they asked him, why didn't you patent your polio vaccine and his answer was well would you patent the sun some 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 food for thought like it's one of those um rent a star programs i guarantee somebody already owns it mm -hmm. but. or like andy warhol said in the future all of us will be famous for 15 minutes i don't remember exactly but for yeah eight to 15 minutes i think is the quote yeah so how was your halloween it's okay yeah. Nothing super great or exciting. I watched Sleepy Hollow. Ooh, okay. Which I hadn't watched that in a while, so that was a fun little redive. But no, that's a good one. I dressed up as the Riddler. You d you did do the Riddler thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Although kids kept asking me for riddles, you start spreading rumors about me. As far um, as I've come to learn, every rumor about you is true. Like what? Like what? What rumor? Give me one. Uh, that you're the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> The kids kept coming up to me and asking if I had riddles, and I was like, I had to stop myself because most of the riddles, I'm like, you should have, you should have pre-made cards. That would have been perfect. You could have just handed them out. Yeah, but eh, I didn't, I didn't plan it that far out in advance. See you next time, baby. We'll see next year. I'm trying to go big, and I might have bitten off more than I could chew. Ooh. But I want to build my costume next year, and I want to do <laughs> from. God, that's gonna be great. I will cut. I will make sure that yeah. that stays a surprise. I won't include that. <laughs> I we'll see if it can happen. If that happens, though, I mean, obviously I, it can happen. I get dibs on it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's just a matter of if I can. That's slick. I, I'd be. I'm very interested to see. You take yeah. that one. We'll see if I can figure out. There just aren't many. I thought there'd be more like templates out there. Yeah. Because all I got to do is get like foam and yeah. start to build it piece by piece. But I thought there'd be like a template. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Mm -hmm. There's not. Or at least not one. Not a good one that I found yet. I went down a rabbit hole of like looking into like prop builders, like like third party prop builders mm -hmm. um, a few years ago. And there there might be something. There might be something out there. There might be something out there. Yeah. Right. Just might take some digging. But uh Speaking of rabbit holes and digging, ah. I'll, I'll segue here a little bit into our main topic of discussion this week. And I, it, which is when you first brought this yeah, one up ahead. to me, I I did not know more than like the smallest bit about this. Okay, I, I, no, it's still I still am, do not know enough about it. Yeah. I, I did a little bit more digging for this episode with it. I've only ever heard it thrown around a few times, mm -hmm. but the term is ludonarrative dissonance. Say that, say that. Five times five fast. Five times fast. Five times fast. Ludonarrative dissonance. <laughs> That's not fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so I, now, it, it's definitely, it sounds almost like a, it sounds almost like a medical term because, yeah, or something. It, or something it? that's like, not related like, to oh, you, video games. Yeah, you've been diagnosed with ludonarrative dissonance. Oh, God. You, it, Doc, is it terminal? You, <laughs> you, you have the what? inability to perceive a beginning and an end. How, how long do and, I have? <laughs> you, you, well, actually, you're going to live forever. That's, that's what this oh, is. Oh, no. 
No, it, it it's definitely yeah. It's it's a strange term, but I I kind of like it. And so simply put, well, okay, well, I, I I when I did more digging, we'll go into more about like where the term supposedly originated. Yeah, I don't know if there's a clear. This is definitely where it came from, but or there's still debate on that, but this is the one I found. But essentially it is, simply put, it is a another way of almost saying when you have that a disconnect in the elements of the story. Or the elements of the storytelling, or, right? Yeah, and specifically this is, we are referring to video games. This comes out of video games specifically, but I think it can be applied to other things, but it's particularly, it's, it's progenitoration, yeah. is that a word? What I found interesting when I kind of dove into this, because you brought this up a while back i, I mm-hmm. dove in and did a little research on my own and i found that there is there was like some debate on this a while back as to whether this applies to say cinema or yeah. other other forms and what i found interesting was that the, out of that online debate formed a term called cinema narrative dissonance cinema narrative dissonance which is basically just the, the same thing for movies okay so it does all right all right but i'm like really they are kind of it's still just i think the term can can apply to anything well yeah and 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 so for me at least how I've learned and come to define it is specifically when you're talking to a video game, we are talking about how the narrative elements, if there is a story to it, are counterintuitive or contradictory to the gameplay. There's that there's that lack of cohesion between the two. Yeah. And essentially it's just I, I take it as this. It's it's just that like when you're when you're making a piece of art, usually most of the time you want to make sure that everything's there for a purpose. That every part you put in not only has a relationship to every part in it, but then together they have a re- relationship with the entire story, image, whatever of, of itself. So the relationships of the parts of a project to the whole. And the dissonance is when those two things don't necessarily work together or work don't work as well as they could. And I guess that, like the more you've flesh this out into say more multifaceted forms of art mm-hmm. say your obvious cardinal view of game video game which is the most complex or filmmaking you have more gears turning and the more potential it has to for say two or three people involved to be potentially telling a different story than another two or three people involved yeah <laughs> no absolutely so yeah it's it's an interesting term ludo narrative dissonance and it supposedly was coined in 2007 by Clint Hawking. Hmm. Is the guy's name? Don't, I, I, I didn't. I don't know too much about him. But this was, I guess, just a term he came up with out of the blue. Maybe this is the so-called origin story of the term. So coined by and Stephen was Hawking. Steve- <laughs> Hawking, H-O-C-K-I-N-G, oh, okay. this guy, anyway. But yeah, and this was essentially his reaction to the the penultimate twist in the first Bioshock game. Now, have you ever played Bioshock? I have, and it, I love that game, but I know exactly what they're referencing. You do? <laughs> yeah. All right, take take that away for because I only I only played it for the first time not too long ago. Yeah, it's been it's and, been a long time, know, so it's probably fresher in your mind, honestly, than in mine. But yeah, there there were elements of that story that definitely fall in, on, into line there. Yeah. So essentially, in the in the game, you are this character who goes down into rapture, this this underwater what's supposed to be a utopia, but ends up being a nightmare, a horrible place to be, and you can gain your powers by 
taking them from what are they called the little the sisters, little sisters like yeah. These little, yeah they're like these little girls they you're supposed to harvest pre- or rescue as it's referred to as yeah you can choose to either harvest or rescue them and they're surrounded by the sort the to titch not to titular the iconic character i think of the series at least in the beginning the the almost like mech underwater like mech warrior look the diver suit guys yeah. they're called the big daddies mm-hmm. who act as like their bodyguards and you got to take them down in order to gain more power or, or level up essentially so for hawking i guess he found this this was his definition of ludo narrative dissonance and i think i think i'm getting it right i'm going to just read it here mm-hmm. It occurs when ludic and referring to like gameplay and narrative themes of a text are inconsistent. As in Bioshock, this is when the player is allowed to engage with the work's themes through actions in a way that contradict the themes presented in the narrative, spoiling those ludic experiences. Now, the concept of this has become, I think, much more broad in scope and meaning, but I, I just think it it, it it brings about that a simple concept that exists not just in video games, but all art, and that's this is what I was trying to get to before, but that's continuity. Yeah. Is everything working together to get the main point of your story across. And for Hawking, I guess he felt that in the game, it deals a lot with, I want to say like objectivism or free will is going a lot in because you're this, you're this character that doesn't remember you're the player, the character. You don't quite remember who he is, who you believe is helping you. Turns out the big twist has been using you the whole time and is the main, the main antagonist of the game and has essentially lied to you. But that is sort of the, the interesting concept that themes that Bioshock brings up is what is that sense of free will? So I guess in this gentleman's mind, Hawking, he was saying that that, that twist in the story didn't jive essentially with the gameplay experiences of the first game, of the first uh, Bioshock. Because of the morality and plays? Just, yeah, yeah, I think that's what he was getting at there. Interesting. And it, it essentially just, uh, and now whether or not like, and he never actually, from the articles I read preparing for this episode, he never actually gave it a really definitive definition. Yeah. So for me, I've taken it to just mean simply this, what I said before, when you have that disconnect or the dissonance between the, the parts of one thing versus the the whole of the story and when it comes to video games it's specifically referring to the gameplay or the game mechanic and the narrative driving force now see of the game so i think i think every game for the most part that i can think of has some level of being guilty oh yeah and yeah yeah yeah. and i think we kind of touched on this lightly in the last of us episode and how the last of us i think is the first example of something that spun in the other direction to its own benefit and i think it it yeah. was kind of like an enlightening point in gaming that, oh, this is how you do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And just to like, here, I'll just define some of the the, the big the big terms we're going to throw around here, because even I didn't quite know. The, like the term ludonarrative, I guess he was just throwing it together, but ludology, okay, which is the study of games and it's the act of playing them, the players, the cultures that surround them. Apparently this has become a big thing it, throughout as games have gotten bigger. Yeah and more ingrained in our culture. I, I, I did not I did not realize that. And then the other one is narratology, which is essentially the study of narrative and structure and how stories and all that like affect our, our human perception and like what it means to be human, universality, stuff like that. And yeah, so for video games and a lot of people too, if you look at like video game adaptations into movies or shows, if we go back to The Last of Us. Yeah. So you still, like I'm pretty sure you're still firmly saying 
saying the game is is more of the definitive experience as opposed kind of, yeah, to yeah, kind of as we discussed. Show. I do think that that's where like that core story I think lies the best told. Not necessarily throwing shade on the show, but I think the story there is given much more time. I think is really the most important part of that, and mm-hmm. that in the driver's seat aspect. Whereas the show can't compete on that front. But I think that where the show excels is it doesn't try to serve solely as a tangential experience, giving you more borderline outside information on the fringes and outside of the story, and it serves to complement the game rather. Than try and supplant yeah, it. Yeah. And a lot of people have said, like, okay, there's there's like that. And I think I mentioned this in the Resident Evil episode, mm-hmm. how like for the longest time I always thought or I was guilty of that video games aren't real art and they have to or or are not shown as real art or not but some people don't believe it to be. I think you, you were con- like consistently putting it as like waiting for it to be done justice with a movie yeah. adaptation which yes exactly is a like bang. it has to be yeah like it has to, there has to be a movie ad- adaptation to give the Resident Evil games a legitimacy to make them. And I always felt like you needed to have that. And that's can where sometimes the so-called ludonarrative dissonance can come in. And then I finally said, you know what? No, because I feel like these are games, not to say that you can't have a better and there still can be a better adaptation into a movie, but the the medium that these are made for are, are is to be a video game, yeah. and and that in and of itself is artistic, I believe. And I think it, it should the be big, opened up to some additional scrutiny as to what makes a good game, what makes a game yeah. a bad game. I think that I think that that discussion is just being formed, really. As much as people talk about games yeah. online, I feel like the real deep analysis of like what's working, what isn't working, is really starting to take shape. Just fine. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and that's where that's one of the big things is so where where would you say well first off i'll say this i never had heard of this term at all until i was playing this would be a good example to sort of give you a better idea of all this junk i'm just spewing <laughs> out of my mouth right now <laughs> yeah i was i was just gonna say the, i think the first time that i had really started hearing this thrown around was the debacles with tomb raider back around the time last of us came out there and the tomb raider installment that yeah. came out about that time that was really the first time i think i'd ever even heard it and in, and, and even then i back then i just heard it in passing and kind of sloughed it off do you remember what about tomb raider was it that like brought it up or I think it was largely like her being being depicted as like a young archaeologist and she's forced mm-hmm. in survival mode. The gameplay then having you kill a large number of enemies just seemed to clash with a lot of what they were putting forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's like her that's like her being shown as a vulnerable say. character didn't seem to jive with her being this total badass just this, offing people. This, this like, total badass, yeah. Like the, the yeah, directions no, exactly. that they went were seemingly opposed to one. Yeah, the story was yeah, going one way the gameplay goes another. Which, interesting enough, the original Tomb Raider games, she was always a bad... She was more of a... Sort of a Byronic hero. Yeah. Like, an anti-hero because like she didn't really care who she killed she was a grave robber she's got tons of money and she's just going in and taking what she wants so i feel like the original games kind of got that right but also they were limited but for me when i first heard it was uncharted 4 and it's a similar situation the the story is set around uh, nathan drake and his brother so they kind of go in a little bit more of their history and he's trying to let go of the adventure life but not not because of that he doesn't love adventure still but because of all the horrible things that kind of come with it, the the killing of people, the trying to survive. So he's trying. You're there. The story is trying to tell this this narrative of a man who's almost trying to redeem himself, repent for essentially all the lives that he's cost in the in the years past for his reckless adventure hopping over the world. And as I was playing the game. 
game, if you kill so many of the bad guys, you're constantly killing like these unnamed just soldiers. Everyone in the series has some, someone has a private army or something and they're looking for something and you got to, those are the guards. If you kill, I want to say it's maybe like 500 or something, you get a reward, a trophy <laughs> and it's called. So it's a lot like real life in dissonance. that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, Brian. No, this is a family show. <laughs> But it, it 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 popped up. I remember it hit, I remember having it. It was like toward the end of the game, and then all of a sudden I got this award trophy in the in-game trophy Ludo Narrative Dissonance, and I was like, "What? What in the hell does that mean?" There's some self-awareness for you. <laughs> yeah, and it just started the trend of me trying to be like, "What? What is this?" And I guess they were at Naughty Dog. They were self-aware that they were putting it in there, and they kind of understood this concept that they're trying to narratively they're trying to tell a story of a man who doesn't want to kill people really anymore or it feels bad about what he's done and then yet the gameplay you got to go and just slaughter everybody you can find uh so that was like essentially where the the trophy thing came in and calling it ludo narrative dissonance but that's that's a prime example that's a prime example of when you have this this disconnect between the gameplay how how the gameplay is run and then the story that you're trying to tell for it so where i was going to say where do you stand in terms of because apparently like i didn't know this was a big thing maybe it's really not maybe i'm just making this up because i went down the rabbit hole too much yeah trying to find stuff out but so you got ludology and narratology study of like gameplay study of the narrative just the general storytelling forum yeah and many people think or not many people but there are those who believe that the two are unable to exist together there always will be that disconnect especially when it comes to games now see that Um, that was interesting because i had this thought when we brought up the the two initially here i was like mm -hmm. it seems like that gap is growing ever smaller as time goes on you think and i think it's one of those things i think it'll reach maybe never a total zero but an insignificant decimal we'll say yeah no yeah i could i could see that it's just essentially it's like where where do you stand on like do you start a game from gameplay or do you start a game from story and some who are more in the story say like games should be looked at for their stories like movies or novels but then people who are more on the gaming side the ludologists if you will well if you reframe that exact that same it's sentence it's got to start with the gameplay you can reframe that exact same sentence about filmmaking and then have the same argument well it's like yeah well do you make a a story and make a movie from the script or do you make it from the camera work and the action it's like well yeah no you exactly. can and do either or it, like yeah. there's there's not necessarily yeah. a, a yes or no to that yeah essentially we have almost like a chicken and egg type scenario i guess yeah going on with this but yeah it's strange too when you talk about film like how many times i i can remember this and i'm sure maybe when you had the editing class oh this is the final stage of of the writing process and i'd be like the hell you talking about yeah i i I can i heard that one a lot and it's not untrue but it's i think it no can be a rather backwards way to look at Mm -hmm. because if you're if your story isn't fairly locked by the time you're getting there but the the argument can be made that things flow and change and you have to be open to quote unquote rolling with the punches yeah and I think, I think is the sentiment there. It's as least as I always took. No, 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 no. Same. It's, it's just interesting to see how doing, doing like the editing, it's still, you're, you're essentially rewriting, not rewriting in a way yeah. the film, the story again. Cause yeah, it's the script is, it is a, remember it is a visual form. So you've got the bare bones, the, the structure with the script, but now you've got to turn it into a movie. And there are changes, so, there yeah, are changes and things that you can make to drastically affect how it will unfold. Yeah. 
So if you were, where, where do you think you would stand when it comes to like video games, this Ludo narrative dissonance? Would you say you're more on the gameplay side? Like, is that where, if you were creating one, would you say, I want a game that does this? I'm going to, I'm going to focus on gameplay first. And then from that, I'll see what story I can craft. I think it would harshly or, depend on the game. Honestly, I, I don't think that there's okay. there's a definite answer there. I think it's I think that that the the nature of that question opens up how expansive and how yeah no it's almost like yeah there has to be there's more here that we haven't gotten to I think and still still discovering but it's it's a really broad subject ludo narrative distance it I feel. is or like it as you get into it you can look at it in many different ways because I even think of it as like okay when you're just talking talking like novels or just writing do you start something from with a character or do you start something with the plot or do you kind of do both either way works there's no right or wrong way to do it i just think with video games it that disconnect and i think a lot of things have this dissonance in it no matter no matter what even when we did when we did like the jurassic park episode yeah and we were talking like pick out the the issues when you see like those little continuity errors in the production you can say that that's a bit a little bit of that dissonance because it brings about that disbelief it gets rid of that suspension of disbelief when you're watching a movie and you have that that disconnect where once again the parts all the parts didn't come together to make a perfect picture a perfect whole and which is almost impossible i feel though sometimes i feel like there's always i don't know if there is a i don't know if there is one story or movie out there that's could be considered absolutely flawless i don't know what do you think no i would agree i mean it's just the nature of a performing art like it's just there's always you're always going to get something wrong there's always going to be some fine detail that is again it's all up to interpretation so when one man's trash is another man's treasure mm -hmm. so i mean i i think that just by the nature of being subjective that's up to opinion yeah no, and it's 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 strange with video games too because I I would say I'd have to my thing would would be starting it from the narrative side first just because that's what I like the most yeah like I see even some of my favorite video games I see them as exploring a narrative now but if the gameplay sucks I'm not going to enjoy it like. <laughs> I know I was able to put the game down. I don't care how good the story is then, but this, if I can't even like move my character, I know I complain so much about my controller right now. Yeah. Cause I can't now that's, that's probably the controller itself, but it's, it's similar to how, when we were doing the exorcist episode, I mentioned how like the sound in that is so good. Yeah. Well, it's like it, the, the score, like those it, technicals, like, like they are in a film or a vehicle to get you through the story. And if they're not functioning mm -hmm. properly, the story doesn't work. Yeah. The two go and hand in hand. You're quick to, yeah. And you're quick to, I think I mentioned in that episode or maybe an earlier one, I think it was Spielberg saying like the audience is quicker to reject a movie with, with sound issues than they are visual. Exactly. Yeah. Issue. And it's just, I, I love this con. I really do like this Ludo narrative distance and not just for when it comes to video games, but just how it brings up this idea of making a conscious effort to try and have every element have a purpose in your story or your project and being there, have making sure that it's doing what it's supposed to do to affect the 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 greater arc of of what you're doing if that makes sense no it absolutely does okay so here's one here's an example and here's one of my like i this was another reason yeah so we're talking about like a disconnect between video games and and the story and have you ever played the mass effect games i actually haven't and i've been they've been on my list for a long time mostly because you actually around the time that we first met you actually were encouraging me to start into those and i still have yet yeah. to get there <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it, it, okay. So there's still some of my favorite games of all time, but 
I'm sure you have, do you ever remember hearing like the, not necessarily controversy, but the outrage or the disappointment over the ending? I definitely remember hearing, like, because I I had a few friends who were fans and were Mm -hmm. outraged around that time. So I I definitely remember that. Yeah, I was definitely outraged. (laughs) I was just like, what in the hell did they just do? (laughs) And I I mean, I, I won't. I'll try not to give too much away, but one of the one of the things in one of the core concepts of the of the game is you have this paragon or renegade status. So essentially, the game will give you key moments throughout the, the narrative as you're playing, and you can either do a renegade decision, which is like a more a more harsher villain thing. So like if a guy if there's like a guy who like stole from you, but then you find out, or, or like he stole from you, you get you get you 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 hunt him down, you get him, and the renegade action would be to just shoot him and kill him, yeah. and take what he stole from you back the paragon action would be to listen to him a little bit or something and then you find out oh i had to steal it because this other guy's got my family or something something and then so depending on how many decisions you do like the more renegade decisions you make the more your villainy if you will your infamy goes up the more paragon decisions you make the more your heroic stats go up and then you can do bad and if you kind of do half here half there you kind of stay even steven yeah if you will but a essentially a dis the dissonance of that is regardless of what you choose the narrative is still going to end up the same way and you're still going to be seen as a hero whether it's a ruthless one or an altruistic one you're still seen as a, a a savior-like figure because essentially these aliens are coming to wipe out everything in the galaxy these machines uh so yeah there's that once again there's that that dissonance that disconnect of what the gameplay wants and how the narrative does and where the narrative goes with it because you would think in this world they want to give you that that sense of freedom that free choice and if you're going back to bioshock again which i think enhances bioshock's narrative even more that you're kind of you didn't really have free choice the whole time you were being manipulated by the main villain the whole time but you don't know it until toward the end yeah so it's like do you ever really have free choice in the game in games even as much as they want to give you you're still on these prescribed rails if you will that the creators however may may i even though it isn't a total exception i I would like to throw in until until dawn into that equation Okay. See, I've never played Until Dawn. Until Dawn kind of unfolds like a choose your own adventure goosebumps book. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. In which there's multiple threaded out out outcomes that you can wind up at. I forget how many. There's a lot. Uh, but based upon the choices that you make, you drastically change the outcome of the game. Okay. So this one definitely does has like more. Well, that's almost like the, uh, what is it? Like the Telltale? Yeah, it's a, it, like yeah. Adventure Telltale Adventure just do this to do that to an extent. Uh, well, I know. See now, here's the thing though. Now, would someone argue with that that they're more? Those are those are definitely. I, I, I is this a fair argument to say that those are much more narratively driven and designed games? I would say so. Yeah, they're they're definitely made with story and plot in mind. I would say. Yeah. So, someone who's more on gameplay, I guess we'd have to we'd have to get someone. But in terms of gameplay, is it how I guess how interactive is it exactly? They're they're on the lower side. They, they you do have interaction, but they're I would say they're I, they did they they're did on the lower side. like Walking Dead and Back to the Future for they did Back to the Future. I'm pretty sure that they did Batman for one of them. They've done a few things. Hmm. 
It's interesting. Yeah, the, those so, that series has had an interesting run. Well, yeah, and I know, especially this time of year, there's a lot they'll come out with like those well, horror too. I know it's a lot of horror games have that point and click. Try to try to make see if your decisions matter. Yeah. Um, I don't think of another one I played a while back. Do you ever play Heavy Rain? By I, any chance? I love Heavy Rain. That game's awesome. Yeah, it, that that definitely used scratched a Blade Runner itch the, for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely used the narrative. And tr- it tried to integrate the narrative and the and gameplay more together. It tried to like bl- have it so that they there wasn't that disconnect between the two. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another one that does it. Portal, which I've never played. It's good. But it's really I'm good. told Portal does it really well, where like it tries not to use cutscenes. Oh yeah, I don't um, even think that there are any cutscenes except for the very end. Yeah, I, the one more, the more recent one I know that I've played that I can think of is Doom. Well, Bioshock does that too. Yeah. There's hardly any cutscenes. It's all done through your first perspective minus the beginning and the end. Yeah, Doom 2016, Doom I the, think, is pretty much a straight yeah, shot. Yeah, it's pretty much. And they even, like, I, I've even said, like, the opening sequence to that when you wake up and the guys, the, the, the doctor, the scientist is trying to curry your favor yeah. and talk to you. The the Doom Slayer just essentially gives not gives him a metaphorical finger yeah. and just like throws the computer monitor. Yeah, it just punches to, it out to the floor, destroying it. It's kind of like they're saying like, yeah, this is more about gameplay, but if you want the narrative, there it is too. But you don't need it's it. It's a little bit more of, of course, a backdrop in that game, but yeah, it's there. But that's Doom, and like yeah, Doom. And we all know why we're playing Doom is to shoot demons and monsters. Yeah, with, and hack them up with chainsaws. Exactly. So yeah, it's just it, it it the concept I always found extremely inter- interesting. I still do, but I think it just sort of highlights that that tenuous re- tenuous relationship that you have between the parts of a text or narrative or project to its greater whole or or meaning. And by that, like, so if we take I'm trying to think, you mean like I'm trying to think of something else that what movie did you just see? What did you see? Uh, Five, Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay, so well. I guess I have to see it to explain. <laughs> yeah. I guess I would have to watch it too. I don't even know the point you're getting at. <laughs> no, no, no. The point I'm getting at is how... So I'll just use Raiders again. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I keep. I hey, always go back to it's that. It's never a problem just, with me. So. Like imagine if he didn't have the bullwhip. I know it's hard to imagine that, but take that away. Blasphemy. Does the movie does the movie become a lot worse? No, but it feels less. Imagine if he didn't have the hat or if he didn't have his trademark outfit you take it away okay again hard to imagine would it still work probably would still work but not have not the same of is missing no yeah or if you take it out of the 30s yeah and put it into a more modern day would it still work i don't know see that's a big one for me i was gonna say i think if it fails that, immediately for at least indiana jones yeah <laughs> Well, no yeah it's it's just it's just so interesting like if you were okay so if we were gonna redo like reboot raiders blasphemy do you keep it? Do you keep it in the 1930s? I would say, yeah. I think you have to. I don't know. Now, maybe I'm too biased from it, but and that's why I think some of the newer ones for me don't quite land as well because it's out of the 19. It's out of that era that it was taking place in. Yeah, that for me. So the again, these are just small little parts, small little details that once you take them away, you can start to see the influence they have on the greater picture, the greater story, and and that's just you're writing a sentence. Words form part of sentences, which form paragraphs paragraphs form pages pages eventually form your novel your book whatever you're writing and those what words you choose when you're doing like poetry you got to be really precise on what word you want to use how you want to say it whether you want to rhyme here what 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 yeah what's that what's that weird what's that weird term that weird term i'm talking about 
know it, but I can't find it. The 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 meter the or the the the, the iambic pentameter, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah, in there somewhere. Well, yeah, it's. It, I I just think it's 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 fascinating how this term in and of itself, this ludo narrative dissonance, is new, fairly new, especially when it comes to video games. But if you dig deeper to it, it's it's getting it's getting into something that's been around for a while, or is like at the heart of storytelling, but doesn't necessarily um, have the I, linguistics to explain it. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's why it's almost hard to kind of explain it now, too. It's because we're, we're touching on something that's very, very... Forefront. Um, forefront, yeah. Not concrete, but the opposite. Fluid. To, yeah, there's a word. Help me, help me, help me quickly save me from myself. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> not obscure, but it kind of sounds like that. Abstract? Um, abstract, that's it. Abstract. I did a thing. Too abstract. We're, we're, we're getting... <laughs> We're getting on an abstract, a very, very abstract concept here. I should have led with that. should have said, let's start over. This is going to be a very abstract thing that we're going to talk about today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, essentially this even like as I was writing like the outline for it, I was like, this is kind of a little bit of like the first episode, like check the Chekhov's gun law that we talked about. Come full circle. Planting and payoff. Yes, we've come full circle now and we're done after this. No! (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. (laughs) So pay up now. (laughs) But yeah, no, it, it, that I I just thought like, yeah, ludonarrative dissonance, the term is new, but what it's touching on is not, I feel, or at least is, is as old as game as, as old as any multifaceted form of storytelling that isn't a singular writer. Yeah. And it, but it does, it does from, if we're going back to video games, it does bring up that concept of, okay, can you marry the, the parts of gameplay and narrative better? Can they still be blended better together? Or is, is there a new sort of structure that needs to be built for, for video games or do, does it not, do they just work the way they are? Cause like, is it, some people have said like video games can't be art because there's an objective. You either get points or something, or I think I remember reading one time in a book that it would be the equivalent of like running like an obstacle course through the Louvre. Hmm. And every so often you take a break and look at something like the Mona Lisa for a couple seconds and then you go to the next obstacle, go over the obstacle, then stop, look at a painting or a sculpture, go to the next obstacle, do that. So they said like there's a disruption to the flow of it. Uh, I mean, I disagree. I, I yeah, still I was going to say, I think I disagree with that as well. Yeah, I still think they are art. It's just you're... We'll take a look, at, for example, too, like at Resident Evil. Resident Evil... Yeah. You're in that house, you're exploring the whole time, whether things are heightened Mm -hmm. or not. I think that it still exists as the proverbial painting that you're looking at. Just no, yeah. The tension is always there. I don't think that any of the flow is lost there. No, I would, yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I mean, that, especially that first one, like you really said it perfectly like that you are in that proverbial painting and that that that's your playground if you want yeah and i think to, at least specifically in that one it's like that singular location adds a lot to that that tension is constant throughout whether you're in mm-hmm. an intense moment or not because you're always wondering if there will be yeah no yeah yeah, yeah exactly it uses i, I definitely and again biased but it definitely the original one and, and the original ones too the second and third use the it definitely heavily uses environment so it's using that particular part to truly uh, help tell not only enhance the gameplay but help sort of evoke the emotion and story that they want to create i think that's why for me when they switched to and i understand they had to because the systems got better they switched to like that over the shoulder yeah 
uh, uh, a lot of games stuff. are adopting over the shoulder more and more. Yeah, and it's that, interesting. That's, that's that's definitely the thing right now. I'd be interested to see where it goes from here now. But yeah, for me, that using that sort of static security camera style in the classics that always heightened the and whether they knew it or not when they were doing it that always heightened the 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 terror for me in the gameplay because you couldn't you couldn't see some of the times what was like you said what's around the next corner so that's that that there's a there's a particular part that i think worked well not only in gameplay but in narrative form yeah as well yeah it's just a it's just a it's just an interesting thing to think about yeah it's a different one and i like like you said i think it's it's on the forefront of gaining a lot of the language around it that's going to explain it it's there's still a lot of debate about it because i feel like a lot of people want to get it on the conversation which Mm -hmm. is fair because there's it's it's one of those ones you think about it the concepts are there they just don't really have yeah still it's interesting to see how like yes to explain them how like some things are still getting defined with that how the things like we learned we could take a little bit for granted because we didn't have to make it up it was already there were people who had done it before us yeah but like when film was just getting started i I don't i'm assuming i don't think the concept of a dolly move or a track or how to necessarily light it correctly was you couldn't you certainly couldn't just look on your phone and get the answer yeah well Uh, the argument could be made that that's deadened things if you have to look something up online you're getting one person's perspective for it true yeah i i I think that there's a lot of inventiveness being lost by like the fact that we can just look things up Mm -hmm. i i i prefer to play an experiment and try and find my own way of doing things a lot of the time well maybe i cross-reference that with something somebody else is doing but in the end i make a conscious choice to do what i think is no yeah and that's and that brings me to kind of one of my final points was like i so how many times would they say show don't tell Mm -hmm. right absolutely don't don't tell a story you got to show it i've argued that that's can be a little misleading as I've tried to be get better at writing and storytelling. You always do want to show, but there are some times where you just need to tell something. I if, think Sam Mendes movies it, are a great example of that because they do both. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, specifically yeah. Road to Perdition. And that's partly why I think Road to Perdition is mm-hmm. one of my all time favorite because yeah. it sh- it's consistently follows scene to scene showing you, but it is bookended by... Mm-hmm this beautiful monologue sequence and that every time you hear somebody say show don't tell it that you're robbing as great storytellers of some of the greatest monologues of all time <laughs> like no yeah and that's I, I i think it's just a matter of you want to show but telling has its place in there so if, if we if i can break into a math analogy here a little bit you ever do you remember like x and y like yeah. the, the graph, the chart, like the X axis, the Y axis. So if like the X axis is how versus you crazy. Is telling a story. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't either. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking I never know the, what I'm talking about. <laughs> he never knows what he's talking about, man. The, the, yeah, the, so the X axis is like telling a story, right? And like telling a story like is characters having monologues, saying something in a, in a book, a thousand years past. Yeah. That's that's telling. Or the beginning of Star Wars a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Literally written text on the screen. It's real quick. And then of course the scroll where they were the, the famous scroll that goes up and literally you got to read it and it catches you up or any of the that great horror movies that tell you which day of the week it is and how close we are to being killed yes 
Exactly. That that is a form of telling. So telling has its place in stories. It, it's there to just get get the information you need, speed things along. It's almost like a connective tissue, a glue to cut out the for fat. the scenes, the showing. Yes, and then and then you can show the scenes because if you showed everything, my God, how long you, a story would never end. It would just keep going. There wouldn't be no. And there wouldn't be probably, any cuts. And it would be yeah, chaos. You'd probably get bored with it, which like reminds me of what was the one thing we watched? Oh, Workmeister Harmonies. Yes, Workmeister Harmonies. Just tell me what it was, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, you knew it exactly. Yeah, I'm like that one where it like it was trying to like to show everything and trying not to cut the way it did. I was not a fan. Physi- I mean, I, physically I respected it for what it was trying experience. to do, but yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. Terrible. <laughs> but yes, so yeah, so the x-axis is tell. The y-axis would be show the scenes, how you're going to show it. Don't don't tell me. Don't tell me it's hot out. Describe how crazy you know, it is. Out. Someone. <laughs> Yeah, to <laughs> describe someone like sweating or this how the sun is hitting or whatever whatever you want to do that's that's the show and tell of it the x and the y and then if you ever wanted to go into the third dimension that's the z that's where you get the z axis right on this on this chart We're going and that's deep. where i think video games are no that's where i think video games are because they break that they literally break that fourth, not literally, they break that fourth wall more than any other art form that I can think of. They go into that third dimension because you as the player are interacting with the world, with the story, be it whatever it is, even like Tetris. Yeah. There's not much of a story there, but you are still interacting. There's that Z axis that I don't know how to define it really for a video game. It's almost like don't show, don't tell. It's a mix of it's a mix of telling, showing, but then you have that interaction. It's that, interaction. It's that know, interaction. Yeah. Like how do I let the player tell the story or discover it? Well, so like, that's, that's for me is like that's like that argument too. We were we were talking before. It's like cutscenes versus having having a scene in the yeah. game and we it's actively rendered that you interact but it's like yeah. purely dialogue based i think that the, there's cases and situations for both mm-hmm. so it's it's like it's an interesting ever flowing thing that i think is getting closer and closer to explainability yeah yeah and that was for me that was always like my weird stupid way of trying to define it for me i think i, I think i had to write a paper too but yeah i was using like a math analogy like i say you got the x you got the y and for video games you get that that Z axis, that third dimension now that brings the audience, the reader, the player more into it, into the game, into the world. It's like Frank, it's like Frank Costanza other. trying to explain the sizes in Seinfeld. Yes. You have the A, <laughs> you have the B, and you have the C. C. But yeah, no, it, it's definitely, yeah, it, it's like I said, a very abstract concept here we're talk, we've talked about, uh, but I think a very interesting one. I agree. Uh, and it more like I would say it's more about the debate of seeing how those smaller parts can, if they work all together, it can be great or they can hurt and follow, go different routes. But that could also be what you want too. Maybe you want them to be working against each other. Maybe that creates something that, that, that you want yeah. to happen. In, in your game or your story so yeah definitely something that i think is worth looking into more maybe maybe we'll do another one on it yeah as it maybe, maybe as it develops and gets gets some more hefty online debate on it we can uh, chime back in and <laughs> take it i highly look. recommend looking looking into it more if you're if you're interested in in weird concepts like this like i am i also i, I weep for you as well <laughs> as i do myself every day down the literal <laughs> rabbit hole <laughs> Of this one because it's yeah, a deep it was one. it's just interesting how the term is new, but the what it's what it's the definition of it or what it's bringing about 
is a tale as old as time. time. I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) God damn it. I was literally in my back of my mind. I'm like, don't say it, Brian. Don't say it. And then you did. Yeah. And then copyright (laughs) strike. Yes. This whole episode. Copyright copyright strike. The whole thing. Copyright stricken. Talk about some dissonance that we, we got dissed hard. Ooh.